This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, as always, we are back here again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And today we wanted to continue our discussion that we had last time in the last episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast, comparing and contrasting life in a small city versus a large city or a small town, I should say, because also you have small towns, small cities, and then large cities in Italy, just like everywhere else. Anyway, last time we spoke a little bit about some of the hustle and bustle that you can expect, as well as um, having a car here in Italy. But I think when it comes to transportation, there's probably a little bit more that we could talk about. I know that was something that you wanted to specifically talk about as well. Yeah, I, I remember we were talking about in the last episode what it is like to uh, use a car in a major Italian city. But um, I believe it's quite necessary to have a car, on the other hand, if you're living in a small town in Italy or in a village. Because the only transportation means that you would have is probably a car. So it's going to be quite difficult for you to move or go to work uh, mm. if you choose to relocate in a small town. Yeah, even I mean, the thing, the funny thing about Italy is that even in small towns and some villages, you do find buses that are available, but very limited services. Like even here in Rovigo, some we have maybe three or four lines. I want to say maybe five, and a lot of them really only come by maybe once twice in an hour on some sometimes um but to have a car would give you that level of convenience and for a lot of especially americans and canadians that are thinking about moving to italy i know something that i always hear is that they are interested in having a car here to have that sense of freedom like they have back in the u.s but then moving to italy moving to a small village or out in the middle of nowhere and not having transportation I can't think of anything that would make me feel less free. <laughs> yeah, and even the um, the thing is, normally in a small town, not in a small village, but in a small town, you do have a train station, which right. will allow you to reach the next town or the next larger city. But it is very likely that the train that is going to be stopping in that town is going to be one of the slow trains, not right. the high-speed train uh, that we have in Italy, which are fantastic. But uh, the slow trains that we have in Italy are very slow. Yes, and especially if you're in some parts of the country because you have regional, high-speed regional, and then high-speed, and then even in the high-speed, you have like, well, just from Trenitalia, like three different kinds. One of them is maybe not even a high-speed train, but it's faster than the regional trains. And then you have like some very like hyper-regional trains that are older, that are smaller, maybe a bit more rickety, they move a bit slower. And those can be a little bit annoying to ride, especially some of the, 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 the trains that still use gasoline, diesel, major, giant, huge engines. Sometimes you get the fumes in there as well. <laughs> yeah, no no air conditioners. So. Oh, yeah, that's the worst, especially on the regional trains. Yes. Even some of the newer regional trains, it can become a sauna in there. Yeah, you go from like super uh, comfort on the high-speed trains from mm -hmm. almost 
no comfort yeah in the original trains yeah. or like the the older ones that are still working yeah. No, I mean, look, and also the thing is, it's maybe not fair to say that all regional trains are like that because even say in Alto Adige, where I used to live before coming to Rovigo, they have some special regional trains there that are very comfortable and they actually usually are, are cool enough. Sometimes they don't put the air conditioning on, depends on the driver, I think. <laughs> But um, there are some parts of the country where you do have newer regional trains that are for smaller areas only but it really depends on what part of the country that you find yourself in absolutely but of course you know um living in a small village or town in italy it may have some disadvantages in terms of transportation yeah but uh, while having a car in small towns or villages in italy may in fact be a necessity as we just said Uh, one of the major trade-offs would be that you're living in the beautiful Italian countryside, mm -hmm. so most likely in a very beautiful area, which is probably going to be very safe. People have this idea of Italy uh, that it may not be at times a safe country, but uh, it is. It yeah. is even, and, and I, in my opinion, like the smaller the place is, like if it is like a small village or a small town, it's going to be a very, very safe place where you mm -hmm. can just walk around uh, on foot. Uh, you can go to the city center um, and uh, at night, which is something that is inconceivable for some Americans. But I also do know that some Americans do come to Italy to embrace the Italian lifestyle, yeah. which is going out at night and socialize in the big piazza. Yeah. And people do that even in small towns where people yeah. know everybody, uh, like everybody knows everybody and people meet at night yeah. until like late night, until midnight and they socialize, uh, especially in summertime. Yeah, no, I mean, even the thing is, part of that is that people will walk to the center. They won't even take a car even even very uncommon a bike but the funny thing is even in a place like rovigo you will still see people who actually take their bike to the center even if they're going out on a friday saturday night and meeting with friends and they'll just prop their bike uh just right outside of the the seating area for the bar or the cafe restaurant whatever it is and here specifically people don't even lock their bikes like Yes. It's almost unheard of. Like some people do now, but eh. like, but I believe what is uh, going to be like shocking for uh, some people coming from abroad is that you don't really have to worry about other people being bad. Like I remember when I was traveling abroad to other countries, I was sometimes looking over my shoulders uh, and, you know, I was concerned about people following me. Uh, but in Italy, uh, especially in small towns, they're just very safe like people are very good people yeah i mean like look to be fair though in a large city yeah you will have some of these concerns and it's not to say that in every small little village life is perfect but generally speaking yeah things are pretty good like you can come back at three in the morning and you don't really have to think too much even actually it was funny last night um in the middle of the night all of a sudden i hear these teenagers screaming and shouting And they're just walking down the street, just on their way home. A couple of them are on their bikes. And it was, what, uh, Saturday night, like three, four in the morning. And they're just riding home. They're doing their thing. Like, 
not a big deal. And it's like, that's not unheard of in a small, small town life here in Italy. But maybe if you were to go to a city, you might not necessarily find that as common. Uh, but even like some of the piazzas here, there's like a church, the, the big rotonda. I mean, that is packed with kids and teens till late, very late at night sometimes. Yes. That's one of the really nice benefits to life in a smaller town and city in Italy is that you have some of that ability to be relaxed and feel safe. But even with that said, like when I was in the center of Rome with my cousin uh, on that first trip in the middle of the night, we felt very safe, especially in comparison to some other places I've been. Maybe I wouldn't necessarily feel that safe in a place like Milan, um, but even I would say probably some parts of Rome, I also wouldn't feel as safe as we did uh, through some of the areas that we walked through. But it, it also depends on if you're a big person, small person, a man, a woman. Unfortunately, these uh, these can end up contributing to the statistics that we see in reality of uh, what people may experience. But generally speaking, it's it's wonderful because in a small town, you don't have that hustle and bustle. You feel safer. It's easier to raise children. They can have place where they can go run and play. And maybe you might even be able to find a home with a backyard or um, a larger terrace that you might be able to find if you're not in a big city and have to pay like ridiculous prices to even have like a small little place that you could potentially put your clothing out. But in a, if you're in the countryside, you can get a nice piece of land for not that much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, of course, you know, the, um, downside of living in, um, a small village or town, I mean, as you said, like it, there's generally speaking, super safe places, relatively inexpensive. Uh, you do need a car, but um, I believe the only real downside is that you are living in a small town that doesn't really offer a lot. Yeah, uh, like uh, nightlife, you're saying. Nightlife or even like stores. True, uh, very true. Uh, or even like the opening hours of the stores are different. Yeah in comparison to a uh, bigger city. Um, like in Italy, in general, even in bigger cities, uh, it was inconceivable uh, until some time ago to find a store which was open like 24-7. Mm. Like in America, that has been a reality for many years. Yeah. Like right now in Italy, big cities, they're starting to have these places that are open like 24-7, but I won't say it's still like the exception yeah, to the rules. Uh, if you're living in a small town, you're going to have to accept the fact that it's 7 at night, everything's going to be closed. Yeah, no, even like some stores close at 6.30, some close at 8, and it also depends on what part of the country you're in, because in the north, things maximum 8, 8.30 for some larger like supermarkets and hypermarkets, but a lot of clothes a lot of stores close at about seven if you're lucky and it's if you're in the south maybe they'll be closed from 12 till 5 12 till 6 1 till 6 2 till 6 but then they'll be open for a period in the evening as well but again it's very it's much shorter hours um not even necessarily talking about banks because bank hours in italy regardless of where you are that's going to be annoying to deal with because every bank has their hours that they deal with and different on different days and so on but um 
that's one of the really nice things that I do find myself missing from time to time living in a small city like Rovigo is the ability to go to the supermarket at 10 o'clock at night when it's closed, not when it's closed, when it's quiet and there's not too many people around. In a city, you'll be able to find more options like that. Not necessarily that you'll be able to go to a supermarket or a hypermarket at one in the morning or 12 at night, but you'll have options to be able to go much later. But this also, I think, is another factor about life in Italy that, generally speaking, in smaller towns, like work-life balance, a bit easier to manage. But in cities, there's more of an expectation that you work and you work hard and you work long, not necessarily living up to the expectation that um, people will have that nice work-life balance that people really want. Of course, in comparison to the United States, somebody working in Rome or Milan, Padova, uh, Florence, wherever, is still not going to be necessarily working like somebody at the same kind of crazy hours and so on and, and lack of vacations that you would find somebody in Chicago, New York, or L.A. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And also regarding the um, normal operation of a store in a uh, small town in Italy, you're going to have to expect that uh, that store is going to be closed probably for the whole month of August. Right, yeah. right now is August. Oh, so <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting for um, our audience to know if they don't already how businesses and stores close for an extended, a very extended, like an extended period of time uh, in August, uh, two, three, four weeks. Yeah. No, and even the thing is you also have not just August, but you have the two weeks before August and the two weeks after August, this like kind of buffer period where some places may or may not be closed, but during August to get things done can be very difficult to accomplish things. Clothing stores, every ever like literally every type of store, even some small like a green grocer, um, a, a, a butcher, a fishmonger, all these types of places may have maybe more limited hours, if any hours at all. And this happens like in uh, small villages or towns and in bigger towns or cities. Yeah. Of course, in cities, you can expect uh, to see more businesses to remain open somehow in August. But I think it's a very Italian thing for yeah. uh, a lot of businesses and stores to close for the month of August. And it's okay for people. Like people don't really get angry here. If, no. if a business is like, if they need something and the business is closed, if, if you send an email to your accountant and you get a reply, like an automated reply back saying, hey, I'm going to be on vacation from August 1st to September 1st. That's fine. Yeah, and it's like, it's not, it's completely acceptable. It's not like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm this and that. It's like, no, you expect me to work in August? What kind of inhumane person are you? You monster. How dare you think that I would work during this month? I mean, okay, granted, there are people who maybe will take a two-week break instead of a four-week break or maybe even just a one-week break. But uh, we are very much generalizing in this situation that, for the most part, this like August time, and I'm sure this episode is going to go up after August. So um, if this seems a little out of date, keep this in mind for next August or the following August, any August. It's, this is not unique to 2021 or any type of situation um, related to lockdowns or anything. 
this is normal. This is normal that during this month, the beaches in Italy are completely packed with people and that you just, people are not in the cities, they are on the beaches. And that's one of the other little things that maybe isn't like really necessarily a comparison between a large city and a small town. But in Italy, beach culture is quite different. Like most of the time, if you go to the beach, it's not a free open beach for everybody to go. You generally will have to pay and you'll get like the use of a chair, an umbrella or whatever. Um, and you rent it for an afternoon or the whole day or a couple hours, whatever it may be, which for coming from an American perspective is very different, very, very different. Yes. And there is um, actually in most cases not an alternative option. Like if you want to go to the beach, you're going to have to pay to mm -hmm. go to the beach. I mean, there may be some free uh, beaches like along the shore, but maybe it's far away and you yeah. know, it's, it could be just easier to pay and go to this beach that is closer to you yeah. rather than, you know, walk uh, like two miles to reach like the free beach, which is probably going to be like very small. So, um, Yeah, you'll find like that the majority of the beach will be owned with the, the, the cabanas and the umbrellas and this and that. But then there's that little itty bitty section. And then that section, because it's free, will be completely packed beyond the brim because it's free. But then you do have other places like even not far from here, Rosalina, I think, Rosalina Al Mare. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go there, but I hear from, there's a lot of people that really like it, but then there's a lot of people who really hate it because it's like, it's hard to get to, you have to have a car, it's not in, like, it's out of the way a little bit, maybe not as well manicured as some other beaches, but it's a natural beach. It's a place where people do go. But then also the other thing is that in some parts of the country, you also find thermal baths. That's also something that's pretty common, not as common as beaches, but those are also a really nice option to be able to have because it's not just the beaches that people go to, but there's rivers, lakes. Maybe people don't go to rivers as much to hang out and float down the river like you might find in certain parts of the U.S., um, but you have a lot of lakes and beautiful, gorgeous lakes in the country and all the thermal baths that you can find, especially up closer to the Alps. There's a lot that you can find. But another difference that is, I think, going to be of interest to people who are thinking about moving to Italy. If you move to a smaller town, you are going to find fewer people who will speak English. I definitely recommend if you're moving to Italy, regardless of where you're going, learn the language. I don't care if you're moving to Italy. I don't care if you're moving to another place. Learn the language of the local population. It is going to make a huge difference in your life. But if you do go to a city, you will find more people who will speak English. But there's also the downside to that is you will be treated like somebody who speaks English. Maybe you'll get tourist prices sometimes or you'll get um, treated like an American. Oh, the Americans. Oh, you know, we can maybe put the prices a little higher for them or get away with certain things. Not that I'm like accusing Italians of, of, of uh, always doing these things, but unfortunately around the world, and it's not unique to Italy, in tourist places, things are done. Things that maybe uh, a person would uh, not necessarily find in their own hometown, uh, people try to get away with that. So it's very much worthwhile to try to embrace that part of Italy because it's also a huge part of the culture and to really get in touch with the country. But uh, kind of the point that I'm more trying to get to is that 
In larger cities, you will find more expat groups. Um, Rome has Americans uh, in Italy or Americans in Rome. I forget what the name of the club is. And they get together. They have TV, July 4th uh, um, celebrations, and different things throughout the year. I know in Milan, there is a major, huge women's group. I think they're also in other cities as well. And they have like, a, I think a monthly meeting and then other various smaller, more localized weekly meetings in different neighborhoods around the city. And so it can be really great to be able to connect with other people. I definitely, again, recommend embracing trying to become more in contact with the locals and not falling into the expat bubble. But it can be very nice to be able to speak your language sometimes and have a little bit of comfort to be able to speak with other people who have gone through what you're going through or are currently going through what you're going through as a as a non-local in a new location, in a different location, and maybe even some people from your country. But the one thing I will maybe say to that is, depending on how long you've been abroad, may relate to how much you'll be able to uh, relate to those other people because I know myself having been abroad for 12 years, there has been a cultural shift in America and there are little things that a person off the boat may go through that a person who's been abroad for a decade plus may not have the same opinions about and so on. Um, so there may be that little that little kind of separation there, culturally speaking, but it is nice at the end of the day to be able to kind of kick back and speak your own language with your people in air quotes. <laughs> no, that's absolutely uh, true. And uh, the one thing that I've noticed um, or that I've heard from my clients is um, even if it is definitely uh, unlikely that you'll find somebody who speaks English fluently in a small town or village, people tend to be friendly and nice to mm -hmm. you anyway and you can and they try to communicate yeah. uh, if you, you try they try also yeah i mean it's not that they're like hey you don't speak the language i'm not going to speak to you which happens in other countries like in other countries they if you don't speak their language they're not mm -hmm. gonna uh, help you in any way i've seen that in italy especially with americans you know there is like this yeah. good and nice relationship between italians and americans uh, you know italians like even like store like business owners or like uh, employees in stores or uh, uh, offices they try to help you even if they don't speak english yeah They'll, they'll like try to use body language or sounds or kind of push certain things towards you. Um, but even actually that's, I mean, going to a store in Italy, is, we, we've talked about this before. It's a very different experience than going in another country. Um, maybe not necessarily totally related to this episode, but like shopkeepers are very proactive here. They like will come over and hover over you, which from an American perspective, can, it could be like, oh, that's really cool that they're spending time to make sure that I'm taking it. But there's like, After a while, I was like, okay, what's going on here? Do not trust me. What's going on? I just just let me shop in peace. Let me do my thing. I don't I don't need you to be hovering over me. Yeah, there are some cultural differences, definitely, in some areas. Definitely. Anyway, I think this might be a great place to wrap up for this episode. But I think at some point in the future, we should definitely revisit the subject of life in a city versus life in a small town. Because I'm sure there's probably some ground we didn't cover, even though we have covered a lot of ground in this episode. Anyway, if anybody is needing help with the process of purchasing property in Italy, renting or anything, uh, any way of moving to Italy, how can they get in contact with you and your team? 
people can visit our website italianrealestatelawyers.com where they can find our email address or telephone number. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you would like to see more content like this, hear more content like this, be sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel where you also get the bonus of being subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast, but also make sure that you subscribe to the audio-only podcast on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Also, if you're interested in more content like this about moving to Italy, Italian dual citizenship, living life abroad, and getting to see some of this beautiful country that both Marco and I call home, you can come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Furia, or you can find my audio-only podcast, Not Your Average Globetrotter, on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But of course, as always, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Later.